the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. For those of you who are listening or watching, welcome to The Kingdom and Its Stories, where we uh, interview folks that are being the hands and feet of Jesus in their particular context. And the, and the reason we do that is not to highlight them, but it's to help give those of you who are listening or watching um, ideas of how you might be Jesus' hands and feet in your situation. And today we have Yaro Rudenko, who is um, with us. And Yaro, welcome. We're so glad to have you with us this morning. And you are right now in the Ukraine, is that right? Correct. I'm right now in uh, the center of Ukraine, the capital, Kiev. So you're right in the middle of of where the the hard action is right now. Correct. You, You might not hear the missiles in this office, but if you go outside, you can hear them. Wow. Well, well, we'll come back to that. But but I'd like to begin by just asking you, Yaro, who is Yaro Rudenko? What's you know in a in a little longer than an elevator speech, but uh, but not a <laughs> sermon. Um, tell us, uh, tell us who you are. What's your story? You no, know, you're you obviously don't have a Ukrainian accent, even though you oh. are. It originally from Ukraine, um, you know, what's, what's your, what, what's your story? Who are you? Well, the, the book isn't done yet. Maybe <laughs> I'll tell you the beginning few chapters of it. Um, but we came when communism collapsed in the United States as Griffin refugees. My grandpa was 10 years in prison in uh, Russia um, in communism for being a Christian. So we came to the States in the 90s. I was two years old when I came to, to America. I loved the opportunity growing up there. I joined freedom, something that we a lot of times take it for granted. Growing up in America, I wanted to be a millionaire as uh, I loved business. I got a full ride scholarship to University of Washington where I wanted to be a millionaire because why not? And in America, you can do it if you try. <laughs> yeah, and, wow. Yeah. I was in business school and um, and I was a third year student, but throughout my whole life, the Lord has really been moving in my heart for me to do missions and ministry. 
But I always thought, well, how am I going to pay the electricity bill doing that? Right. And, but I remember when I was a third year student, I was thinking if I graduate with my bachelor's, I for sure won't do uh, uh, missions because then I'll, I'll get paid too much. It'd be too hard for me to leave. So and in my junior year, I decided to leave, stop my full ride scholarship. I had a full ride scholarship to stop it. And I attend Bible college. What? <laughs> and I stopped my business school to attend Bible college because I knew if I um, continued on, I wouldn't have done um, Bible college. You're and, always, you, have, you have amazing insight, Yaro. You know, uh, to, I, I knew myself. Really understand that. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. And I remember the, the whole time process, I was praying. And I remember throughout my business school, the Lord really always nugged my heart. Yaro, if you're really a businessman, invest in a life to come, not in this life. And I knew that, that that's, that's the truth, but practically it takes a lot of faith to do that. And I remember leaving my school, um, selling my car for me to go to Bible college. And the people that I sell my car just so happened to be my old Sunday school teacher, who I did not see for 10 years. In and the city did, of Seattle, there's you, 4 million you, people. You had no idea that this was... No idea. We just met up and it was my old Sunday school teacher. Would, would you, you call that a divine uh, arrangement? <laughs> that or by chance, but I think it's more divine arrangement for sure. Right. Okay. And we meet up, she buys the car and, and she felt like she needed to give uh, one of her cars for free. And so she really felt from the Lord. So she buys my car and I have money for Bible college. And then she gives one of her cars for free. And so I moved to Kansas City to do Bible college and I have a car. And so I did Bible college, um, got my master's degree from Paul Roberts. So I serve at a missions organization in Kansas City called IHOP, not the pancake place. Okay. Um, <laughs> and now I'm originally from here and the Lord really moved before the war. The Lord gave me six dreams about going to Ukraine to share the gospel. And then the war happened and then uh, the, rubber, uh, the rubber met the road. So... How did your family feel about you going back to Ukraine in wartime? I I told my I told my mom I I um she was crying I, I told my wife she 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 was um, blessed me and, she, and you know it it wasn't easy but how how I look at it and, and how they look at it is when the nine eleven towers fell everyone was fleeing New York City. Because the towers fell, everyone's fleeing, you know, downtown New York, right, and New York City. And but who was running to the towers? It was the the firemen. It was the police. It was the police officers. And so, such in times of crisis such as this, um, Christians do need to come and be the light of the world, and specifically um, giving food and and sharing the gospel and praying for people and being uh, hope and being the light of the world. This is when the key, when there's the Areas and there's only few times in history when there's very dark moments, and when there's very dark moments, Christians need to be the light and the salt in earth, even when it's hard. Um, and so for me, I felt like Jonah. If I would have stayed in America, I would have walked out in disobedience. Wow. And so it, it was a privilege to respond and, and privilege to say yes in, in this um, task that the Lord put in my heart. So you felt the in the crisis situation, like the firemen and the police. At, at the Twin Towers experience, you needed to run to where the darkness was. Exactly. To save to those, save those who can be saved. 
Right. Um, so, so what was the confirmation that you, you should go? I mean, you had those six dreams and in the dreams it, the, you, you had a dream of going back to Ukraine. Correct. So uh, I had six dreams prior before the war. One of those dreams, I went to one nation in order to get to Ukraine and they had tens of thousands of refugees and it was very hard for me to get to Ukraine. And when I came to Ukraine, I went to Poland and walked um, three, four miles with a 70 liter backpack just to get in with tens of thousands of refugees. But before my decision. The refugees coming in the direction. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) You were and, definitely against the stream. Right. A, a few were going in. But the confirmation was after the six dreams, the war happened. And I was I took a day to I fasted one day. And I told my family in Ukraine here, hey, I'm thinking about coming. And they said, do not come. It's uh, too dangerous. We can't leave because I'm talking about my, my, my cousins, my uncles. Those who are men from 18 to 60 can't leave. Like, don't come. And, but I told them my six dreams. They said, you're only come if you have a seventh dream. And mm. that very night, that very night, I went to sleep and I woke up and, and I didn't have a dream. And I'm like, dang it. So I went back to sleep again. <laughs> and I'm holding the map of the world. And it's all the world news. My eyes are closed and I'm holding the map of the world. And my finger is going and I, and I felt the Lord says, stop. And I opened my eyes and my finger was on the map. One part of the world news was, the, the news, the war in Ukraine. Right. My finger stopped right, right in the center of Kiev. And then I woke up and I call my family, uh, have uh, cousins and uncles in, in Ukraine. I said, hey, guys, I have the seventh dream. They're like, I was like, do you bless me now? And they said, yes, we bless you. No and kidding. So, now, wow. so, th- so then, I, then I came here and I've already been here for um, almost three weeks now. Well, tell us what it, what is it like? There, I mean, I mean, the setting that you're in looks perfectly normal, and, yeah. And so, um, you know, our news is just full of the devastation that's happening in the Ukraine. So, yeah. you know, what is your situation, and uh, what's it like? Sure. The, so, I'm um, southwest mm-hmm. of Kiev. I'm in a small suburb right outside of Kiev. It's the most safest place in order to serve here, and I, I. Uh, in this context, I want to um, have wisdom. And so I, I, I chose the most safest place in Kiev. And so what we do here is we leave every morning with, you know, bags of food. I drive to Poland, buy food, bring it back here. And it how, takes about how far a 12, hour, how far about 12 hour drive. Each way? Yes. Ukraine is almost the same size as Texas. And so that's just a comparison. But with roadblocks, there's roadblocks every um mile and so they and so they have they check you they inspect you just in case you might be a russian addressed as a civilian but the situation for today we woke up today at 7 a.m right now it's 5 p.m we drove two hours or all around kiev with bags of food and while we're just driving i might have heard 60 70 missiles flying um i would i took pictures of of uh an orphanage school that was bombed, an apartment complex that had people in there. Um, I didn't, it didn't happen while I was driving, but it happened a few days before it was hit and there were people inside. So I went inside to see if there was anyone still alive in an apartment complex. And there was an old man, there's no electricity, no gas, but we gave him food. Um, 
Isn't it? But there is winter time there now, or is it spring? It's um, it's still pretty cold. Today was the, was the warmest day. Today was about sixty, but three days ago it was it was like twenty five, and so right. today is the warmest day that has been so far. Um, but um, but yeah, that's that's what's the context is. It's there's a lot of roadblocks they check. There's mis- I mean every um, few minutes there, there's a you you hear a missile in the house a little bit shakes one night at three a.m. One missile hit pretty close to the house, maybe a few miles away, and the house shook because it was a very big one. And so we had to go to the basement. Um, but Kiev is a city of six million. Three million still have stayed here, and they didn't leave. So there's um, there's a you know a lot of people here that need food, that need to hear the gospel, and 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 who have a lot of fear. So the the the, the gospel is a a good antidote for that. So, Yara, tell us, what, you've been there for how long now? Um, This Sunday is going to be three weeks. Now, are you working with another organization, or are you just independently um, trying to minister the needs that are there? Sure. Um, I'm still with the organization um, with called IHOP KC in from Kansas City. Okay. Um, but when it came to here, mm-hmm. I work. I'm working with a few different organizations. My mom's family is they have 14 siblings, a very big family, and so five of my mom's brothers have their own churches around Kiev area. And so I'm, I'm blessed with the opportunity with having a lot of churches. And I'm buying food for the churches. And so then we go out with them, share the gospel, host people for them to sleep, and then taking them to Poland as well, taking refugees out. And so, so I'm who, working with them. Who who provides the economic resources for you to buy food? What I did was right before going, I said, Lord, if you want me to go, you have to open doors. And so um, I did a small, I did a, a uh, few days campaign, I blitzed it, put it on social media and, and, and people shared it on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, and I raised some support like that. Other missions organizations, one is um, I'm connecting um, while being here or while I was in Poland, he found out there's a, a person from America that's in Kiev. And so I have gotten a few um, bus loads through other organizations who have, who have heard about me. And so, so what did, what did what do you mean busloads? Busloads are sure. Sure. So I when I I take refugees out about once a week out of Kiev, and when I'm in Poland, they load up the van, and then I drive up back. And so they have done that a few times. Other times I buy it myself. Um, okay. So food. you how how easy is it? I mean, there are so many refugees in Poland. How easy is it to to get food there? Yeah, it's um, the further you go away from the Ukrainian border, the easier it is. And so certain certain supplies, it's very hard to get and there's limitations um, at the stores. Um, so you have to go a, f- a few stores. But um, but I do specific supplies of trying to get um, toothpaste, um, you know, canned meat, um, bags of rice, um, some staples um, right. that it's really hard to find here. Yeah, for those of you who are listening and watching, you're uh, watching and listening to the Kingdom and its Stories, where uh, we interview people who are being Jesus' hands and feet in their lives right now. 
not to celebrate them, but to provide an example of what people might be able to do or how their story, the, the person who we're interviewing story can be an inspiration to help us think about what we as listeners and viewers uh, could be doing in our lives. Yarrow, um, tell us some stories of, of some of the people that you've met and, and um, have ministered to in, in your, what sounds like a very peripatetic <laughs> moving from one place to another um, uh, experience of, of trying to, trying to, to be the light of Christ in a very dark situation. Yeah. A few stories. One, um, one story I was, we were driving around um, tr- trying to head to Kiev and this one Ukrainian soldier stopped us and he knew we were from uh, with a humanitarian aid, had food. And he said, Hey, please stop by my mom's house. Mm. Um, she had, she has no food. And so she, I mean, the boy was about the Ukrainian soldier was about 1920. As, mm. So we finally, we went out, we weren't trying to go to this town, but he told us where his, his, his mom was. Um, uh, we finally found this out, ha- uh, his house after a few hours of searching and we talked to her, we, we give her food. And so we try to share the gospel to her and we said, Hey, are you Christian? Do you pray to God? And she said, Hey, I am praying. I wasn't a, I wasn't, I'm not a believer, um, but because of this war, I need hope. And so I am praying mm-hmm. to God. I don't know who. And wow. so we were able to share to her about the gospel that, hey, Jesus hears every prayer. Um, and so, and she says, hey, every time I, my son comes to, he's stationed around Kiev. He said, every time I see my son, this might be the last time for me to see my son. And so yeah. she didn't have access to all the food that the stores are 90% empty and there's no perishable. So we were able to bless her with some um, food uh, for them to continue on uh, living here. Praise the Lord. Another story? We have a whole bunch of them. Um, <laughs> we have lots. Yeah, go ahead. We want to hear them. Yeah, we were um, given food uh, to this one family today, and we arrived. We arrived there, and they're hosting people there. So we came, um, blessed them. But this house had a lot of people, and they didn't really have any food. So we were, came to bless them, and they were really we, when we arrived there. We, they were just a crime. And so I was, while I'm, I'm in Ukraine, I was really thinking, Lord, how long do you want me to be here? But me knowing if I leave, I know there's going to be a huge gap of people not getting food. And so they were really blessed that, hey, um, they were, um, there's one believer in, in the house and they were really blessed that, hey, Christians, a guy from America wanted to come to Ukraine, specifically in Kiev and, and um, and blessed them with food and other unbelievers in the house. Uh, they weren't believers. Only one guy was, they were really surprised that a Christian would want to do that. So just sharing the gospel and being the light of the world, they're like, Hey, Christians want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So they were really um, blessed by that. And it was awesome that we met the believer that there's one believer in the house and now he can be discipling them uh, what it looks like to be Jesus in, in, in this context. Right. Um, yeah. How how does someone, a young man like you, you know, who is, you know, in the privileged position that those of us who live in America are in, 
uh, how 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 do you uh, how does the Holy Spirit work in people's lives or in your life specifically to cause you to take um, this is a huge risk. You know, you leave you know the privileges of what you have in the United States, and um, and you go in. I mean, you intentionally move into a war zone in order to be the light of Christ. Um, in that, what 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 happens in a person's mind to cause them to make that shift to make to make that kind of a sacrifice? And for you, you know, um, leaving, going directly against the, the, the traffic as you come into Poland, that's coming the other direction, and moving into a, period, into a place of incredible risk. What, what, I don't even know how to ask the question, what kind of, um, what, what, what kind of experience is that? How does that happen? And how do those of us who are listening to your story, how do, how do we put ourselves in the position where we can say, Father, if that's what you want us to do, show us? Yeah, um, it's hard to explain, but if, if I put it into words, I would say it's love. Love draws me out to be here. So it really breaks my heart for me, too know that I'm originally from here. I'm in a, you know, only have American citizenship, but I'd say love is what moves my heart. And so knowing that, you know, Jesus died on the cross for me and the price he had to pay. And Jesus say no greater love than a brother dies for a brother. And so it breaks my heart of what's happening in Ukraine. And one of my favorite verses is James 1, 1. He, James, who was a brother of Jesus, said James, a bondservant of Lord Jesus Christ. He could have, he could have shouted, James, I'm a brother of Jesus. <laughs> he says, James, a bondservant of Lord Jesus Christ and a brother of Jude, who also wrote another book of the Bible. He says, that's my brother. He doesn't call, he's too humble to call Jesus his brother, but he calls him a bondservant, which is a servant by choice. Mm-hmm. And so when I accepted Jesus into my heart, I said, Jesus, I'm going to be a bondservant. And so my life is not going to be to advancing my kingdom, but advancing your kingdom. And so for me, it was a difficult task for me to come here. But um, I felt I needed to be obedient to Jesus, be bond servant here. And wherever there's darkness in certain contexts, there's a lot of darkness. There, there needed to be light here. And so, um, and it's sad when I was at the Polish border. I saw so many Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses and nonprofits. I barely saw any Christians, and that really broke my heart. Um, and I was like, Lord, where are the believers? Um, but I have met a few, but not much. And so I know the war just started, so it's new. But um, I would just say my my heart intention when I gave my life, surrender my life to the Lord it was, I'm a bond servant. And so I want to be obedient, whatever the Lord asks. Yeah. And that could be everything, right? I mean, that could be your life. You know, you're in a situation where, where, where your life could be taken. How can we pray for you, Yarrow? Yeah, I would say, I feel like when I was here, the Lord really 
I was like, Lord, how do I pray for Ukraine? How do I pray for these people? And I felt what I've been praying, and I have already a team of five people here, what we've been praying is peace for the land and the revival for the people. And so those are the two things that we've been praying daily here for the Lord, just to bring peace towards the land of Ukraine and just revival to the people for the Lord to stir the church, for the Lord to really pour out his spirit on the church, for the church will be the light in the darkness that's happening. And so, the, you know, the people in communities now who are even believers, they're going to the church. And so in towns and the local churches, they have services almost every night. I don't know a church that doesn't have service every night because mm. people, that's where people, even who were unbelievers previously, they're, they're drawn to it. And, and, so, that's, and that's in the middle of the Ukraine right now during the war. Every night people are in church. Wow. And they preach little and pray much right now. <laughs> Amen. We need more of that here. Yaro, thank you for sharing with us. And um, and I just encourage those who are listening and watching to to pray for Yaro and to pray with him and the people of Ukraine who are praying that the kingdom of God would show itself in power in this very dark time and very dark place. Yarrow, bless you. Thank Thank you for sharing with us. May God protect you, and may he use you in a powerful way, not now only, but also in the future. God bless you. God bless you. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.